The Aboriginal peoples of the Kulin Nations are the traditional custodians of the lands now named City of Greater Dandenong. We acknowledge, recognise and respect Elders past, present and emerging and their continuing connections to climate, culture and country. the Open Book Podcast, books, events and conversations with the team at Greater Dandenong Libraries. I'm Lee and in this episode Trent and I will discuss Curtis Weeb's graphic novel series Rat Queens, Mina interviews Shigofa Rahimi, a visual artist based here in Greater Dandenong, Suzanne, one of our information librarians, will walk us through how she recommends books for patrons and how you can get personalised recommendations for yourself. Vanessa will give us an update on programs coming up in our libraries and Aisha and Don will be reviewing two items in the theme of the Lunar New Year. Hope you enjoy. Hi everyone, my name is Lee, I'm here with Trent and for this month's book chat we have decided to take it in a pretty different direction, haven't we Trent? Yes, I'm trying to promote some of our wonderful collection that I think adults aren't entirely aware of. That's right. So we decided to choose a, a couple of books from the adult graphic novel um, part of our collection, which is hidden away on both the upper levels of Dandenong and Springvale. And I feel like a lot of people really just kind of walk past it and they're kind of a little bit unsure about it. Yes, because it looks like it looks a bit tr- like um, typical comics, which have have traditionally been known to be for sort of teenagers and maybe smaller kids, especially um, the older generations. I remember even when I was younger reading Garfield and Archie, which are okay in their own way, but nothing too deep or complex hidden within. Yeah, it's exactly right. I, I think, um, and I have the personal experience of this because I don't read many many comics and I have this idea of what a comic or a graphic novel is and I'm like "Mm, yeah it's not really like my thing so that's why I really enjoyed um the last couple of weeks really getting to go deep on um on these two great comics so I'm glad to hear that you've enjoyed it because hopefully you can start reading some more I mean that's the whole idea you start with one and you start down the rabbit hole of graphic novels which I think yeah. that we can also establish that there's a substantial difference between graphic novels and comics as is sort of traditionally understood. Yeah. I, I want you to hold on to that because I want to talk about the difference between graphic novels and comics because I'm really interested in that. But we're going to talk about a series called Rat Queens. Um, this is published by Image Comics. For this episode, we've decided to take Volume 1, Sass and Sorcery, and Volume 2, The Far-Reaching Tentacles of Nerogeth, um, which kind of make up issues 1 to 5 in Volume 1 and issues 6 to 10 in Volume 2. But Trent, would you classify this as a comic or a graphic novel? This would definitely be a graphic novel. Mm. And so what are the differences? Um, 
there, there tends to be a little bit more heavy subject matter, a little bit more complex. Um, dealing, like it gets into the metaphor a lot more. Um, graphic novels also tend to deal with slightly more adult, if not, you know, sort of young adult subject matter. So there is still the crossover, I think, with with teens um, when they would start reading these things. Um, mm. But then very much also continuing into older age, um, you get uh, all sorts of ages, especially considering uh, who grew up with comics have now gone on to write their own and usually subverting some of the tropes and the archetypal characters of, of the traditional comics that we used to read as kids. Yeah, and, and I guess uh, our collection kind of, Compliments that um, that journey through age of you know we do have our junior graphic novel section which you will find things like I don't know stuff like Garfield and um, and Big Nates and those kind of junior um, graphic novels and comics. Look, I'd, I'd even go go as far as to say is that really we begin this journey um, when we're children, like very small children, with picture books, um, and then for some reason we decide that pictures are only for children. Um, that especially when I was growing up in primary school, that there was the idea, oh, anything with pictures in it is not um, real literature. And I think that that's definitely been changing over the last few years. There's probably pockets of society that haven't quite got there yet that still recognise um, anything with, with images uh, in the story as just juvenile. Um, but especially with this book, I'm sure you've noticed that the subject matter is anything but juvenile. <laughs> Oh, that's very true. Yeah, there is a progression from, okay, well, you're done with pictures, now you move on to words. And you do, if, if you go in that kind of fashion, yeah, you do miss out on this, on all this great material that marries the two in, in such, a, such a nice way. Yeah, and it, it's, um, it's its own sort of art form, I guess, as well, that while, well, yes, I do agree some degree that reading without pictures is nice because it um, strengthens your imagination but it's also nice to be able to see images alongside the words from the authors and the illustrators because uh, then it's, it's its own it's its own art form and you can really appreciate it we we still go to galleries and we still look at paintings of, of the great artists of time and yeah. this is a sort of marrying of typical art and stories so let's talk about rat queens um the series was put together and written by Curtis Weeb. And um, there's a really great description of the series that I want to I wanna read for you and then I'll get your thoughts on. They're a pack of booze-guzzling, death-dealing battle maidens for hire, and they're in the business of killing all of the gods' creatures for profit. Meet Hannah, the rockabilly elven mage, Violet, the hipster dwarven fighter, D, the atheist human cleric, and Betty, the hippie smidgen thief. I love that description of, of Rat Queens um, yep. because immediately from the outset, and admittedly I don't have like a large knowledge of um, graphic novels and comics to compare it to, but immediately you're struck by these four characters that are so unbelievably unique but also just for women underrepresented in this in this genre. That's exactly what I was going to touch on is that especially with fantasy, um, it always tends to be males, especially if you watch most films of the 80s. It's, it's usually males rescuing a damsel in distress. So women were very much a sexual object in a lot of fantasy throughout history, and there's very few female heroes. Of course, there are 
a, a couple of exceptions here and there. Um, more recently, maybe Xena of the 90s, um, maybe Barbarella, but then she was still very much a sexual character, very highly sexualized. Whereas what I like about these characters is that they are their own characters um, developing themselves separate from uh, male archetypes, that they are on their own exploration, that they're not heroes trying to save the world as well, that they mm. are just regular people trying to survive in, in this fantasy world, which isn't exactly forgiving. Um, and so as, as a result, you have to be kind of a little selfish, a little greedy to make it by, especially considering that there are even greater powers with with even more greed that are opposing you, as as we've read in the comic, as, as we've read in the graphic novel. And it's not like, um, you know, that they're hired by the the government to go and like solve the city's issues, but they're, they're running a for-profit business. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Essentially like they are, um, yes, they are like killing monsters and saving their world, but they're also doing it for a profit. And that's another thing that's fairly typical of Dungeons and Dragons as well is um, a lot of people would play these things thinking, oh, they're out to save the world. But to do so, you do need to, um, gather a bit of power, and that's done either through defeating a few monsters here and there, getting some what is called level-ups, um, it's a typical RPG trope, uh, to make your characters more powerful, but then also getting these these great artefacts and legendary weapons that, that power up the characters. As we even see with Hannah, she's got a wand. She's able to cast magic that no one else can, and that gives her a certain level of power beyond a typical human with a sword. We described this creation as like a love letter to his years of Dungeons and Dragons. And just for context, I'm someone who's never played Dungeons and Dragons and had to look up what D and D stood for. So, um, can you give us some context into? Oh well, there's there's a lot of history for Dungeons and Dragons. It's it's been going since about 1972, inspired by a very old wargaming um, a war game. Uh, called Chainmail that Gary Gygax used to play. Um, beyond that, it's really just about fighting, doing your own role-playing. People have come up with some very interesting characters. And it's storytelling in a very um, interactive way where you've got a dungeon master or a game master, somebody who's got a setting and has some direction to give, but mostly it's, it's the direction the players want to go in that determine the outcome of the story. and We've got even characters that have been born from those events, those interactions. Um, you could look up characters like Elminster uh, or Drizzt the Warden, a dark elf who rebelled against his own kind, who were evil, and he became a good character. Uh, there's, there's so many people, there's so many characters like that that started out their stories in the middle of a Dungeons & Dragons campaign, probably in somebody's basement um, or somewhere very dark, most likely, back in the 70s and 80s. But then it's grown. Uh, we're up to the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons uh, now. That came out about a couple of years ago. And it's become a lot more accessible. So I would definitely suggest that everyone give it a little bit of a go. Is this common, this kind of crossover between Dungeons & Dragons and comics or like graphic novel literature? I'd say that where even the crossover would have begun is that we would have had stories like Lord of the Rings um, mm. and... Dune or Star Wars, so this sort of science fiction fantasy storytelling that then people wanted to engage with on their own um, on their own terms. 
And as a result, you've got the storytelling that's then coming back into typical book form, where most recently I would say something like Game of Thrones, and that there'd be plenty of systems out there, whether it's Dungeons and Dragons specifically or any of the hundreds, if not thousands, of other uh, tabletop systems that people can play. And you could be a character in Game of Thrones if you want. So if there's any any sort of fantasy story, whether you want to play Harry Potter and and be a character in Hogwarts, um, or, or be somebody in Star Wars, there's there's systems for these things, and then you can create your own story. And then even beyond that, once the campaigns are over, you've got a foundation for a really good story. You could even create an original. Well, it might be set in space, or it might be set in a time of magic and swords. You can make it wherever you want. This this could be in any typical Dungeons and Dragons setting with Rat Queens, um, or, or it's it's its own universe ultimately. What I really ended up loving about Rat Queens is the characters are so complex and layered and imperfect. You have these four women, and they have full autonomy over their bodies and their decisions as they should oh just i want to put a little aside there one one of the really fascinating bits about that is that um violet she's a dwarf and dwarves grow beards and she's chosen not to grow a beard so let's let's talk about violet so she's a dwarven fighter of the black forge clan and i suppose her story uh is is going to feel like quite familiar in a lot of literature she's quite tired of her father's old-fashioned traditions, um, which didn't allow dwarven females to become warriors, even though Violet had the talent. Um, And there's this really wonderful scene where she has to put up with um, guests of her father who who ended up making just, like, pretty, like, annoying sexist slur at her. And so, obviously, she just beats him up. (laughs) Yes, that was when her brother... When her brother comes in saying that she's he's going to be the the warrior representing the family in the tournament, and yeah. he's like, no, I should be the one doing so. And when he he makes a remark, she punches him, and and then the dad's like, well, look, you know, you brought this on yourself, son. <laughs> but I like the dad's kind of supportive, not entirely, but that he's not entirely strict with with her way, and quite likes the fact that she is a strong warrior. I think that that's probably yeah. a a sign of his own strength, maybe that some of that traditional bloodline type stuff. It's like, well, I've produced two great warriors and my, my daughter happens to be the best one. But unfortunately, with the way that our traditions are, the male has to be the one to carry on the line of warriors. There's, there's almost this, um, this sense of, yes, it is set in a fantasy world, but these social issues of how women are treated and how we have these obligations to our family and tradition um, that is still a big part of it. It's, it's almost a bit like that, um, that idea of like magical realism. Yes, but it, it's not entirely fantasy that there's actual, for me what I love about fantasy in general is the metaphor behind it. And um, I guess specifically the metaphor here would be where I guess our society expects women to shave. It's in this society that they expect women to keep their beards. And so that's where I would say that there's a crossover and there's a lovely scene between Violet and her mother where after um, Violet's sort of interaction with not only her brother but then also the, the wider group that makes those comments, she runs off and then just says, screw tradition in slightly more um, 
inappropriate words yes. um, and starts to, to cut off her beard. And then her mum comes along and says, you've missed a spot. And, and then she sort of has a, a wonderful conversation. It's like, you know what? You just, you just need to be yourself. That's, that's the most important thing here. What do you think the intended audience for Rat Queens is? Uh, for me, I think it should be everyone. As, as we do start to come away or start to re-question, re- re-evaluate certain traditions, even now I think this is what humans have always done. We go, okay, is this tradition something that we need to keep or something that we can move on from? And so I think it's really good for younger people, um, really anyone uh, from about 17, 16, 17, going through some of these things, questioning their own identity. But then even, even for older people to go, look, you can't just hold on to traditions just for the sake of it, that they need to have some value. They need to have some purpose on on our success, our, our progress in society so that we can be more inclusive of those who don't adhere to certain traditions. For me, it just, you know, I managed to read both editions, yeah, probably in like about two half an hour sittings. Yep. And I just couldn't believe how much it said. Yeah. Like it was so layered and progressive. And it said so much that was an aside from violence and fighting monsters. And if you're into violence and fighting monsters, guess what? That's in there too. Like, oh, that's it. No, it's still got the fantasy. It's still got your typical supernatural entities of, you know, giant flying squids that come and take over the universe and that it's it's up to a couple of people to try to to save the world, you know, because if they don't, then they're not going to be able to keep making money. <laughs> How does it compare to, like, have you read anything similar to this? So similar to this, this is where I'll probably say not really. I think that it's... It's done its own thing. Like while I, while I said before that there is obviously similarities in the fact that it's using fantasy, that is it's using swords and sorcery, um, as we've come to know as well, but that it's doing it in a way that's a little bit more irreverent even to the tradition of fantasy, um, that it's not the males going out to defeat the monsters, that they're not just um, noble heroes saving the world just for the sake of it, just being fully selfless that these are real people trying to survive in these worlds and with limited power and in the face of of much more powerful things, that's sort of where fantasy uh, lies. It's that there's something more and that's kind of the similarity with our real lives is that we're just trying to survive and there's ultimately something a little bit more powerful than us, but we still try to make it by, try to make it through the day, try to make it through the week or the year, whatever it is, and, and overcome certain struggles. And I guess try to find love along the way, which the comic, the, the graphic novel does as well. Yeah, there's a lot of really complex love. So uh, that was us talking about Rat Queens, Volume 1 and 2 uh, by Curtis Weeb. If you are after something new with some pretty complex and nuanced and hateable slash lovable characters, and you're like me and you haven't dipped your toes into adult graphic novels... I'd highly recommend having a browse at both branches. Thanks for chatting with me, Trent. Thank you so much, Lee. And we'll hope to see somebody in the library ask you about graphic novels in the future. Hello, my name is Vanessa from Greater Dandon Libraries and I'm excited to announce that the 2021 programs have officially commenced 
at our libraries we have something for everyone so we have uh, libraries after dark that's happening every Thursday at both Danon and Springvale libraries uh, we have programs for children uh, story time, toddler time, baby bounce that again is also happening at both of our branches. Uh, if you're needing help to uh, complete a resume, to fill out a form, uh, access government websites, we have that available for you that you can do at both libraries. Uh, we also have conversation circles if you're wanting to improve or practice on your English and meet other people. Reading circle which is our book club at the library that happens once a month. All of these exciting things are happening at greaterdanon.vic.gov.au forward slash libraries. And now, Mina's interview with visual artist Shagofa Rahimi. Shagofa Rahimi is an Afghan visual artist and community services student living in Greater Dandenong. She has been involved in local organisations such as the Southern Migrant and Refugee Centre, Connection Art Space and Ames Australia. Welcome Shagofa and thank you so much for joining me today on The Open Book. Thank you so much, Hamina, for inviting me here. You're very welcome. Could you talk a little bit about your involvement with the Southern Migrant and Refugee Centre and Connection Art Space? Um, yeah, um, so I will start with Connection Art Space. Uh, when I came to Melbourne um, one and a half years ago, um, I, was, uh, I was looking for art exhibitions because I did a couple of exhibitions at Mildura before I lived. So, and then I came to, uh, through some people who told me that Connection Art Space welcomes the refugee background uh, students and even artists to exhibit their artworks. So I was doing my artwork before as well from overseas. So I was having a couple of, uh, um, I wouldn't say a couple, I, uh, I was having lots of my artworks and I exhibited in there at Connection Art Space and it was involved with the uh, subjective um, art, uh, the uh, abstract art and also uh, realistic ones and then um, I, because I'm doing my Diploma of Community Services, so Southern Migrant and Refugee Centre, I started my placement in there and during the placement the manager uh, told me that why if uh, why not if I just uh, uh, do an exhibition there? So it's an online exhibition um, mm. that I did in Southern Migrant Refugee Centre, and it was having definitely two main themes with infinity and women. And um, also, um, I've uh, I've done uh, exhibition of myself uh, and my students at EBS Australia because I taught art classes there for about uh, almost an, a year um, at AMS Australia as well and um, these students were quite capable of doing an exhibition there at the end of uh, everything we did an exhibition and it was a very good exhibition everybody liked it mm, wonderful um, yeah so that's what um, my involvement have been in the in this all and I have been involved in a few of the other local um, projects such as the mural project which we were uh, which we were doing as a volunteer but it was a recycling uh, site that we did our own art um, artworks on there and uh, it was also in Dandenong. Uh, oh wow. It was lovely working with everyone there. 
Mm. Was that using recycled materials? Uh, the theme was recycle, but we right. had to paint, not the material. Ah, paint, right, okay. Oh, fantastic, that sounds great. Thank you. That exhibition, the first online exhibition the Southern Migrant Refugee Centre has presented, includes very powerful series called Infinity and Woman. What is represented in the pieces from these series or what drove you to create these series? Uh, the women one is very obvious that I painted just because I've seen throughout my life the women going through so many um, hard and good days. Um, the independence and the dependence of the women shows uh, my painting shows the dependence and independence of the women that the women who are working uh, as a working woman and still they have to work at home as well so some of the artworks are related to that some of the artworks are uh, from the um, thoughts that I brought in my painting are from overseas that I could see the people um, being very cruel to the uh, to, to women uh, like in every way, not giving them their basic rights. Mm. So that's what I have painted in women. Uh, and also about the infinity. So infinity is, uh, it's more, I would say, um, a spiritual belief. Um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a study in, um, in our, um, I, I won't say specifically in one religion, but Sufism is... Uh, a specific uh, part of study that the people do study Sufism and there the Sufis the people who dance they are known as dervishes so dervishes dance and that dance is known as willing dance so that willing dance is uh, I have been inspired from that willing dance mm. so what they do they dance and they infinitely praise God what they have been given uh, gifted from God. So that's what uh, theme, this second theme is about. Uh, and finally, what are some recommendations that you'd like to make to our listeners? They could be books, authors, movies, or anything you like. Um, uh, well, definitely art is everywhere that you can see. Art yep. is um, somewhere that even you can't imagine. The very first thing that you do at your own home, mm. like decorating the things and putting the places somewhere that you think is looking good. Mm. So that's the, that's that's a, an artistic thought that you're doing. Mm. Um, and in spite, uh, just beyond that, we do have many movies, many books, that represent art. So it's because art is having different forms, um, uh, like dance and music and um, writing and poetry, the one who are doing. So all of them are involved. Actually, I'm very interested in all sort of art, but the main thing that I have picked up is the painting. Yeah. Uh, it's because that I love the colors. I love to work with the colors mm. and that make me feel alive and mm. giving the, um, the things that are not having colors, that's giving me a very good um, uh, emotions that, um, oh, yeah, I can do that. And um, I would say watching a good movie such as uh, on any kind of artist, mm. um, like Leonardo da Vinci, 
they are having a very good um, movies on the um, uh, on internet. You can uh, have a look for that. Even the last is one of the uh, amazing movie that is uh, also on one of the artists, um, ancient artists, and there are so many documentaries upon um, Picasso as well. So mm-hmm. some of the artworks that I picked up is also inspired by their words as well and um, writing one um, I love to read and um, poetry plus the novels short novels they are my favorite mm-hmm. uh, short novels uh, that I have been reading and I'm very interested in is one of the uh, writer it's from the subcontinent writer uh, Mantor Sadat Hussain Manta. So he's normally writing short novels and long uh, and uh, short stories and novels as well. Mm. So they are related to the art. The way they're present, I think that's more that we can see art in their, uh, in their work. Wonderful. Thank you for those recommendations. I actually, because I know you love Manto, I looked up some of his work and I borrowed a book from the library called Why I Write and was reading some of his short pieces. They're non-fiction pieces. Yeah. Um, it's very interesting writing about partition and um, living in Pakistan after he fled from India. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much for those recommendations, Shagofa. It's been lovely to speak with you today. No and worries. Thank you for joining me. All pleasure, Mina. Thank you. To learn more about Shigofa's journey to Australia and to view her artwork, see the links in the show notes. Now we have two book reviews in the theme of Lunar New Year from library staff Aisha and Don. Hi, I'm Aisha. I work at Greater Dandenong Libraries and I'm here with a short book review on an American marriage by Tayari Jones. The story follows the relationship of Celestial and Roy. The couple's lives are suddenly shaken into chaos by Roy's wrongful arrest. It unravels a series of difficult decisions that Celestial has to make without Roy. They exchange open and honest letters while he is in prison. The slow-paced novel fleshes out each of the characters' backgrounds through three perspectives, inevitably focusing on a love triangle. The novel skillfully sends a message about love, parenthood and tradition while also examining race and class in the United States. The author, Tiari Jones, explores the sacrifices that people have to make for those we love and what it means to be a family. You'll find yourself disagreeing with some of the characters' choices, but through the wisdom and guidance offered by their parents, you'll come to genuinely understanding them. The choices are hard, but undeniably relevant to anyone whose families, partners or loved ones have been incarcerated. Your life has to keep on going. You can borrow an American marriage from Greater Dandenong Libraries or download on ebook or e-audio from Overdrive with your library account. Hello, my name is Don and I work at Greater Dandenong Libraries and today I will be reviewing The Complete Guide to Chinese Horoscopes by Zheng Weijian. The Chinese horoscopes is a 2,000-year-old tradition and each year features a different animal. Legend has it that people born under the animal has certain personality traits. For 2021, it is the year of the ox. In life, people value their strength and work ethic. 
As an oxen, you work hard and approach projects in a step-by-step manner, wanting to do things right the first time. However, the ox zodiac is not good at expressing feelings and emotions. The oxen is compatible with a rooster or snake. If you were born in any of these years, you're an oxen. 1925, 37, 49, 61, 73, 85, 97, 09, and this year, 2021. The knowledge in this book can guide you through every step of life. Find out your zodiac animal and it could answer questions such as personality, love, profession, and finally, your lucky numbers. You can borrow this item from our libraries at Greater Dandenong. Thank you. Lastly today, let's check in with Suzanne, who is going to walk us through how she recommends materials for readers using our bookmatch service. I'm here with Suzanne, one of our information librarians, and we're going to do a little bit of reader's advisory. Uh, So we have a patron here who is hoping that you can provide her with some personalised book suggestions, if that's okay, Suzanne. That certainly is. So I've got here that she's interested in classics, fantasy, historical fiction, mystery and biography with some additional interest in action and adventure, humour, literary works and literatures of the world. Wow. I think that I can actually merge some of those genres into some suggestions which she would like. Um, Has she asked whether she'd like them as e-resources or books? So she says that either is great Um, and she does have a preference of an Australian author. Okay. Uh, I believe that there are... Um, that I have quite a few authors and stories uh, for her to try. Um, These focus on her high interest areas, um, being an Australian author and also historical fiction and classics and world literature, um, which is all involving action and adventure and fantasy and in particular the young adult cohort. It's a huge list that she's provided us. It certainly is, but if we can merge them, it's going to be very exciting. And she's given us even a little bit more context um, to what she's into. Um, And she's told us who she doesn't like. And so she doesn't like uh, Trent Dalton, Chris Lee and Samantha Shannon. Okay. So thank you for that information. Uh, so my first go-to recommendation would be our famous Aussie author, Jackie French. Um, she mostly writes historical fiction. Her, her works um, are also full of action and lots of adventure. And she loves to create work for young adults as well. So we've, we've um, touched on a few of um, the patrons' likes there. One series in particular which I would recommend would be the Hitler trilogy. The three books in this trilogy are the first one being Hitler's Daughter, the second one is Pennies for Hitler, and the third one is Goodbye, Mr Hitler. So um, these companion stories are told through the eyes of Jackie's amazing characters. She's very well known for being 
able to and having the ability to create characters which draw the reader in so that they can um, experience what the characters are going through. So their journeys are also accurately researched uh, by Jackie, depending upon the era. So the era of this is during the war, um, and some of the themes are bravery, friendship, survival, and the most constant theme is coming home. Um, so they're really an enjoyable uh, trilogy to put together. If the patron does enjoy this trilogy, I'd also recommend that she reads some of John Boyne's books. John Boyne is known for many um, similar themes, but also he has the ability to write in a way that a reader feels as though they're actually in the presence of the situation. So one of his famous books are The Boy in Striped Pyjamas, and it has a companion book as well, which is called The Boy at the Top of the Mountain. And following on from that sort of storyline, um, another Aussie author by the name of Morris Gleitzman, which we probably mostly know for some funny uh, children's books, has written a very, very serious uh, series based on a true character named Felix. And anybody reading any of this series, which is called the Once series, will become absolutely on board with the character of Felix and follow him through that series. Wow, that's a, um, it's quite a lot of suggestions. But do we have any mysteries that we could recommend for the patron? Uh, well, actually, my favourite young adult mystery has happens to actually be an Aussie as well. Um, right. And this Aussie is Garth Nix. Now, I'm only going to re recommend one of Garth's books right now. Um, otherwise, we'll be doing a bit of an overload. Um, but his current read is called Angel Mage. And Garth, in this book and in many of his other books, toys with the reader about the importance of females and where they stand within society. And so this last book, Angel Mage, he's doing that again. If um, our patron enjoys Angel Mage, which we do have on the catalogue, um, then there are multiple other Garth Nicks books to read and to choose from because Garth is a prolific Aussie author. Fantastic. And we might close off. I'm going to try and squeeze one more recommendation out of you. Okay. Can we recommend a classic, maybe with a bit of a worldly feel? Uh, yes. I've just recently uh, discovered a new series which is quite 
uh, a project. It's called the Austin Project. The person who developed it has chosen some very famous authors, not all Aussies, some of them English and American, and each one has given their own turn to the characters in Jane Austen's writings. So the first one that I'd like to recommend is Curtis Sittenfield, and um, she's because she's become quite popular lately in a couple of her uh, recent new books, but she has most importantly, a great skill in bringing forward the modern woman um, through her characters using classics. So this is what she's done. So she does um, number four in the Austin project and her rewrite is called Eligible, a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice. Um, some of the other Austen books in the Austen Project and their authors are Sense and Sensibility, A Tale for Our Times, that is in 2020, um, by Joanna Trollope, and also Northanger Abbey, which is a satire and suggestibility written by famous author Joanna Trollope, and also uh, Emma a modern retelling, again in 2020, by Alexander McCall-Smith, who writes mostly mysteries. And we're still waiting for uh, authors to be allocated for the last two, which are Persuasion and Mansion Park, Mansfield Park, sorry. That's wonderful. So thank you so much, Suzanne. I'm sure we're going to have a really, really happy patron on our hands. If the listener is interested in their very own bookmatch suggestion, they can go to our website at greaterdandidong.vic.gov.au and you can fill in a form um, with a bit of details about what you like, what you don't like, and uh, one of our information librarians like Suzanne will be able to make you a personal list. That's a great idea. Go for it. Thanks for joining us, Suzanne. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can check out the show notes for more information on all the items we mentioned in the podcast, and you can place holds on them via the Libraries Victoria app or at our website, greaterdanninong.vic.gov.au.